Hey, welcome to Repeater, a little show about big songs. Today, we're talking to comedian, writer, and actor Matt Rogers about a song that he loves. And joining him is our musical guest, Katie Buchanan, a New York-based singer, songwriter, and producer. As always, we are your hosts, Evan and Pat, and we're thrilled that you've joined us. One thing that would thrill us even more is if you would head on over to iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. But honestly, why stop there? While you're subscribing, do us a huge favor and leave a review. Those little things help us a whole lot. We would hug you if we could, but this is the internet and you didn't ask for that, so we'll just say thanks in advance. We're glad you're here. This is Repeater. Hello. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. How's it going? You sound good. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, yeah. Thank you for being here. This is amazing. Yes. I love it. I love the energy. Yeah. The eng. eng. It's (laughs) It's a good Tuesday energy. I love it. And I'm excited about this because I love my song. Oh, good. (laughs) And when you asked me, so Evan asked me to be on the show and he was like, so pick your favorite song. And I answered really quickly. And I was like, right after I sent the text, I was like, why the fuck did I pick that song? <laughs> but, but like I did research into my own choice uh-huh. and I get why I chose it. Oh, good. Ooh, good Does good. that make any sense? Yeah. 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 Like I'm, yeah. I stand by it. I'm really excited about it. I hope it warms hearts. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to dig into it. We're going to dig into good. it. Uh, first thing we're going to do though is uh, we're going to talk about something we've been listening to recently. Great. Cool. Cool. Uh, so I just got in the mail a seven inch. So that's pretty cool. Um, mm. from the a seven inch, what <laughs> just seven inches, ah! <laughs> a seven inch record, okay. uh, from it's called Katie Ellen or the band is called Katie Ellen and it's the singer from Trump. Her name is Annika Pyle. Ooh. Uh, and it's just real cool little lo-fi indie rock. So go check that out. I think the album comes out later this month or in the next year. I don't know, <laughs> but there's two songs online that you can check out. So do that. Anika what? Pile. Anika Pile. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, very cool. I've been listening a lot to, um, it, this album came out last year, but this, uh, this group called Mipso and the album is called uh, Old Time Reverie. And Matt's making a face because- Dude, uh, yes. Mipso, uh, so one of the members of Mipso, the mandolin player, his name's Jacob, I Jacob believe, Sharp. Is the brother of one of our friends, yeah. Josh Sharp. Josh Sharp is um, a UCB comedian. His brother, Jacob, is in Mipso. Yes. And they're amazing. And they are a truly like excellent traditional folk slash bluegrass band from North Carolina. Um, all like young guns just really doing the thing. Um, the first album- uh, as like the quartet called Dark Dark Holler Pop is a really really great album, and then around this time last year maybe they released Old Time Reverie, and I finally got around to buying it, so I've been listening to it a lot in the last couple of weeks, and it's great. Yeah, and they're starting to break out in the mainstream, and you know that because last year they were on the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yes, Ooh. and I was like, that's how you know, baby. <laughs> Oh, yeah. When you make it to Turkey Day with Santa, <laughs> that's how you know. They're no, great. it's serious. They're, I think they're like truly getting big, especially in the For bluegrass real. and traditional music world. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're the real deal. That's exciting. Yeah. 
All right. Well, so I just went home uh, to meet my boyfriend's parents for the first time. Ooh. And he, Hello. thank you, girl. <laughs> yes, it went well. <laughs> it did. They were lovely. And I was so nervous. Um, Cause it's like, this is like, that was not small. It was like getting yeah. on a plane to go fly there to go meet them. It where, wasn't where? like they're in town yeah. in Grand Rapids, Michigan, okay. which is different <laughs> than where I'm from, <laughs> which is Long Island, if you couldn't guess. Um, so yeah, just in New York all my life. And he always teases me. He's always like, you are very blunt. Like you're not polite. Like you're a nice person, but you're not polite person. Sure. <laughs> so let's see how this goes. But it was great. And anyway, so while I was there, you turn on the radio and all you get is country music radio mm-hmm. stations. And I'm not mad. <laughs> I really don't dislike it at all. And can I tell you who their favorite is? Who country music's favorite is? Is Blake Shelton. Yeah. Who I just thought would be such a joke because of the voice and everything. I thought there's no way yeah. that yeah. this is actually a real thing. They just got a country star. But I enjoy the music. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Um, He's got one song, which is a little bit of a, th- a throwback song called She Wouldn't Be Gone. Uh-huh. And it's saying he's singing about all the things he wishes he would have done. And maybe, maybe she wouldn't be gone if he had. Done yeah, it. it's really good. That's, and I, mean, I like that's, the lyrics to all those yeah. country songs. I'm down for it. I'm here for it. I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that like what you just described to me, like that's that sounds like a country song. Yeah, absolutely. It's sad. Yeah, it plays by its rules. Simple. <laughs> yeah. It's not about a dog, though. Or the no, war. But it's also like, thankfully, not about like uh, right. just drinking beer in my pickup truck either. Thank yeah. God. But you know, country music is now getting more progressive. Has oh, yeah. anyone heard of Casey Musgraves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is an awesome country artist who's like a liberal stoner. And she's like <laughs> so great. And she, she, her songs are so great. And she really has great messages in her music. And also, you know, I just feel like there's more of a general movement towards being more accepting in country music. I guess yeah. maybe Taylor Swift might have started it. I don't know. Someone <laughs> someone shoot me right now <laughs> for saying that. As the words left my mouth, I was like, no. No, but I mean, I hope but, so, yeah. right? Because like for uh, my, I grew up listening to country music a lot because of my uh-huh. dad. And it's like, if anything, I've really hated modern country music because it's yeah. very like, it's just, it's, a, it's like the pop factory version of- It's a money grab. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like, as it becomes bigger and bigger and more popular and popular, it has to just appeal to more people. And exactly. it has to start to be more accepting. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, you're probably right. It probably is, like, Without doing looking that. too transparent, too, because I think one of the reasons why, like, maybe people, and I don't know if this is true or not, they could be so crazy over her, but, like, why Carrie Underwood isn't really a thing anymore is because, like, what's her perspective you know, like, <laughs> is she slashing tires or is she sad because her husband died at the war? And did that even happen? Uh, I don't no. know. It didn't. I'll tell you right now. I'll break the news. She didn't lose a husband in the war. Husband's in the NFL or the hockey player. I think. He's a hockey player. He's a hockey player. He's Mike. <laughs> That's all I know. About Sorry. Us weekly extent of my knowledge. From Sorry, <laughs> Mike's out there. Are there any Mike's here? Good. Good. <laughs> I'm a mat. I shouldn't talk. <laughs> There's 17 of us everywhere in every room. <laughs> yeah. So, Scroll yeah. through your phone book. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> uh, great. Well, I'm glad the trip went well. It was good. You got some good country music exposure. Oh yeah. I love it. And I'm going to Florida on Friday where the, well, Saturday will, we'll, there'll be more country music. Oh, nice. they're a big, as we know, Florida, you know, they're a Southern state <laughs> and that's where traditionally they listen to country. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, cool. Um, so what song did you want to talk about? You guys, I chose Pete Townshend's Let My Love Open the Door. Does anyone know this song? You guys know? Great. Of course you do. Uh, And if you don't think you know what you do. Let's, uh, let's listen to a clip of it if we can. Surprisingly synthy. Oh, this is very synthy from a guy who is known for being like one of the loudest guitar players of all time. Yeah. He just needed to tone it back a little bit. I think he toned it out. <laughs> is there a guitar on this song? Oh, I actually hadn't thought of that. Don't even think there is. You think he swings the keyboards like he would swing his guitars? No. He'd have to be playing a key- guitar. It's a good look. You know, I can't fault the guy for one to have a hit. I really enjoy this. Yeah, it's just this. This is like the hook. Didn't hear the bass line before. Oh, it's uh, beautiful. Open the door. Um, I love it. Come on, give it. It's wonderful. Yeah. So now, uh, okay, we want to venture guesses as to maybe like how this song ended up being a big deal in your life. Why Uh, do you think I picked it? uh, I'll go. I can go first. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I I know. You know, I've known you for a little bit, and my only guess was I was like, this four might- years. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Evan and I are going on about our anniversary of four years of friendship. Yeah, I think that's Ooh. right. In November. November. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, that's real. <laughs> something about it. Uh, I was like, I feel like this was a song your parents blasted in your house growing up. Interesting. That was my guess. Good guess. Because uh, I think like the time, you know, it's a the song came out in 1980. Yeah. Uh, I figured it would have been like still for them, a cool song that reminded them of like, you know, partying and stuff like that. Of course. Uh, but like lovingly partying. Of course. And, Never anything um, too illicit. No. <laughs> uh, so that's my, that's my, that's my brief, okay. my brief right. take. Let's see. Uh, oh man. <laughs> I'm thinking similar. It was your parents had it on a cassette tape. <laughs> that was in your first car. Mm. And so like when you were driving around, it's the only cassette tape you had. So it was on a lot. Ooh, I like that. That's an interesting one too. Side note, my first car or that I drove around in as a child was a Bonneville. Ooh. Ooh. I remember Bonneville. Yep. Oh yeah. They were taken off the road. <laughs> <laughs> so now do I reveal? Yeah. yeah. So let us know. It's too cool. The Bonneville was too cool. To <laughs> Somebody absolutely nailed it. <laughs> the Bonneville. Too cool. And like, Airbags kill people. Um, (laughs) Anyway. um, All right, you guys. I picked this because it appears on so many soundtracks. Mm. And it always is in that part of the movie that like where your heart warms, they play this at just Uh, the right time and it gets you. Can I tell you what soundtracks has been on? Yes. Look Who's Talking. Probably (laughs) the most famous one. And then also it's like a plot point in the movie Dan in real life Ooh. with Steve Carell. Yeah. And it, you know, you're watching that movie and it's fine. And then there's this one scene that happens <coughs> with this song in it. And Steve Carell blows you away. Man. <laughs> and I think most crucially and also most stupidly, <laughs> it's in the Mr. Deeds movie. <laughs> oh my God. Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler and Winona Ryder. <laughs> Yep. And I remember it's like it plays at the end of the movie where they like decide like we're in love. And I just got my life to that movie when I was 12. <laughs> I remember turning to my mom being like, I like Winona Ryder. What's everyone's <laughs> deal with Winona Ryder? <laughs> that was Winona's real comeback. 
Mr. D. Mr. D. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to hear any of this nonsense. This <laughs> She's been back. She's been back. Okay. For years. <laughs> She's been back. Okay. And also we all forget her startling performance in Black Swan. Remember her in Black yeah. Swan? Where she was like the older ballerina who was crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta love it. And, you know, it's another product of hers that mirrored her own career in life. Yeah. She was like the older ingenue and Natalie Portman's there and she's like a laugh away from a tear. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's in this 80s nostalgia series. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. It was in like a lot of soundtracks and I always associated it with like the joyful part of the movie. And I just... They've been playing it a lot at my job lately. And I think when you texted me that, mm-hmm. I it might have just heard it. It's a song that the second I hear the the opening of it, I'm like, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> this. But my parents never exposed it to me. My parents yeah. couldn't give a fuck about the who. Mm-hmm. My mom loved Barbara Streisand. My dad loved Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Like But this, this is like this song from his career fits into that, I would think. Right. Yeah. Um, so this, I guess, like was a surprise for people for him to record because it was very poppy yeah, and didn't have anything really rock or like alternative about it. Like I, I think I read, I was doing research on it today nice. and apparently his manager called them and called Pete and the, the record producers and was like, this song cannot be on the album. It's not empty glass. The album uh, in 1980. It can't be on the album because it's not a representation of Pete. It's not who, it's not even who we hope to see him develop into as an artist. It's just a <laughs> pop song. Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> and then he was partly right about that in terms of it not succeeding because in Europe it was like a total flop. Yeah. And then it was like his first top 10 hit in yeah. the US. And it was like the surprise hit. Um, and I think. Because, you know, in the early 80s, I do think, like, we still were kind of hanging on to disco. Yeah. 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 And, like, yeah, you hear that that first beginning, yeah. like... A lot of keyboards, you yeah, know? Like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that in the 80s. Especially rockers, like, 60s, 70s rockers mm-hmm. doing stuff that just really, uh, I don't know, kind of sold out their earlier work. I but, know. but, you know, had some good tunes. Yeah, mixed in. yeah. <clears throat> and then I, I, was li- I was listening to it again and again. I had been listening to it because like I said, I've been hearing it at work and I was like, yeah, this is such a pop song. And I'm like, I, I admit it to myself. I'm like, I'm like, and I like anything that's like secretly a Christina Aguilera song. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if you could hear her singing it, like I want it. Yeah. And like, it's like, I just, I love pop music. I do. Well, so, so yeah, let's, cool. uh, well, like let's kind of zoom out. Right. So yeah. for everyone here, uh, I mentioned pop roulette as something that you're involved with. Yeah. Um, a musical sketch team. Mm-hmm. Um, but music, I think like music and performance music and, you know, whether it's television or TV, I would think, yeah. Uh, I would think it would be like an important part of your life. Huge. Right. I, so like the, yeah. so it happens to be a soundtrack song to me fits right in with your kind of whole MO. It's so funny. Like anytime I ever really enjoyed something, a large part of that was the music. Like I remember the first television show I got really into was, well, it was American Idol because I was like 12 and gay <laughs> and like Long Island and like <laughs> at home on a Tuesday night, like in my, when I watched it with my mother. But the first song, serialized show I really got into was Lost. Mm. Oh, and yeah. Lost had the most incredible uh, score. Yeah. And I was just like, it just heightened every emotion. And it was such a large part of why I enjoyed that. And then even as I grew older, 
anything I really enjoyed, like like for example, Thirty Rock, like the opening credits to Thirty Rock. Like, yeah, come on, so iconic. Um, growing up and loving uh, sketch comedy, watching Saturday Night Live and the musical guest being such yeah. a large part of that, and uh, always loved music and always wanted to get involved in it as I started pursuing comedy and you know got kind of an education in sketch comedy at NYU where I went to college and. But I remember my my biggest like comedic influences like when I was in college and first getting into sketch and everything was the Lonely Island. Yeah, nice. <clears throat> I used to. Oh man, I used to really pump the sidewalks to. <laughs> I would wake up. I remember I took all my classes early in the morning. All my classes were at eight a.m. Like an eighteen year old, I would wake up at seven in the morning. I would take a quick shower, drink a ginger ale on my walk to class. <laughs> And listen to like jizz in my pants. Yeah. And it was the song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but like, I loved it and I thought it was so funny and I thought it was so funny because the music was so good. Yes. Yeah. And I, that yeah. was such a part of it for me. So now I'm in pop roulette, which is a musical sketch group and we're like a fusion of pop music and sketch comedy. And it's important to us equally that people like the songs as they do like the comedy. The comedy comes first, but. Yeah. So do you write the songs for that too? Or, yeah. okay. Yeah. So the group is like half, we originated as kind of like half musical theater um, kids and half sketch comedians. And um, in fact, one of our writers now is a writer for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Sudi Green. Mm-hmm. So nice. she was a writer performer with us and we all started out together and we all knew we wanted the same thing, which was really good comedy with really good um, musical content. And so that kind of started just, you know, we would write any kind of song and it all kind of sounded the same and we would all perform them. People would just like it because, oh, look, they're singing and dancing and it's pretty funny. And then people are always just impressed when you put a little bit of effort into comedy. At all. <laughs> yep. It's like, you know, it's once once you don't come out there and literally hold a script or like do like a kind of mediocre improv scene. People are like, that was good. It was tight. <laughs> it was really tight. Um. But we worked hard and essentially we got to a place where not only was it music, but it was also like genre matching up with comedic idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is really cool when I hear that happen. And probably the first time I heard it really happening was, you know, The Lonely Island. That wasn't parody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Weird Al, we all know, does musical comedy, but it's parody and, you know, it's something else. Yeah. Yeah, no the, shade produ- the to pro- weird out. But no, no. <laughs> no, the production value stuff I do think helps a lot because um it is a sta- it like well, it legitimizes it yeah. in one way, but it also just establishes it takes you uh it lets you f- kind of buy in mm-hmm. to the music part of it. Right. And if the production value is too low or the songwriting is not quite there, yeah. then you're constantly balancing like, okay, what's the funny thing I have to suspend my disbelief for? And then also what's this music I have to suspend my disbelief exactly. for? Exactly. And, and when they're already work. matching up, it's like, that's an entry <laughs> point right away. And I mean, what do you do when you love a song? Like that's like a pop song. Like you sing the hook. Yeah. yeah. When your when your hook is the joke and you get people to sing the joke, yeah. like, you know they're loving the joke. So yeah. that's that's kind of kind of cool. And when it succeeded, it's been very cool to watch the audience really enjoy it. And when it fails, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you put more work into your failure as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love doing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys are great. In fact, I think I had one of your songs stuck in my head recently, the teacher song. 
when the, the hook is when is it okay to have sex with my teacher from high school? <laughs> and it's catchy as all. Well, get out. when is it? <laughs> I wrote that one. I think when I was I was like on the subway, genuinely <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah, I was like, I know there was this teacher that might have wanted to fuck me. <laughs> like I've been out of school for some time. <laughs> How long? Them? Yeah, but you think about it. Yep. But I but yeah, and, and and for example, that song is like a very kind of up tempo driving like um two thousands pop song. Because that's when I went to high school. So that's yeah. like it's, it's like it's like when I um when I remember that feeling and like what that music matches. And you've up. got a great high school music video to go with it. Exactly. And that's like, yeah, it all yeah. matches. It and all that's hits. such a trope. You know what I mean? We try mm-hmm. to hit all the tropes. Like we have like an R and B slow jam song. It's like one of the songs that Usher might sing. And it's about like having limp dick from drinking too much. Like you <laughs> absolutely can't have sex. <laughs> the song is called everything but sex. So, <laughs> gonna do everything to you, but sex. Cause it's not possible. Can't. <laughs> um, you know, it's yeah. fun. It's fun. I, we, yeah. and we, it makes us laugh and we like performing it. And it also keeps it fresh for the audience too, because I always say, you know, sometimes some members of the group will be like, oh, we're really going to do this song again. We've been doing it for a couple of years. And I'm like, the thing is like people perform their concert, their songs in concert again and again and again, because people enjoy the music. Yeah. yeah. You enjoy music. You ingest music differently than anything else. You can listen to it again and again. You can't do that with a movie unless you're like really fucking love a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never been one to sit in front of a movie and watch it again and again and again. Yeah. Maybe when I was like five, like <laughs> Snow White. <laughs> I mean, that's a good one. It is a good one. It's a good Disney. So when it comes to uh, doing these songs and doing them a lot or whatever, and like hitting the tropes, are there any like tropes or artists or just something you want to emulate that you haven't been able to do yet? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, I think that, well, you know what's so easy to do is rap. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so easy. And it is. Like, <laughs> and like, but also you never want to be like the group of white kids doing a rap song. Like, again and again and again. Like, there was one point where half of our show was rap. And I was like, guys, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, what's very kind of um, in right now that we haven't really figured out is this kind of like new trancey R&B. Mm-hmm. Like Frank Ocean, Solange, um, sort of what Beyonce's dipping her toe into, Drake, yeah. mm-hmm. that type of thing. Um, that I haven't, I'm sure there's a joke there, but I don't want it yeah. to be too obvious. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be like, we're high. Um, <laughs> maybe something with pretentiousness, to be honest. Yeah. But that is one that's like kind of like a, a prevailing genre of music right now that I think because we've been performing our other stuff, we haven't really gotten to tackle, but that's one I'm really interested in because we've done a lot. I mean, we've got a country song. I'm ignoring the fact that there's different kinds of country songs, but let's all <laughs> shove it into one box because why not? Um, but yeah, there's lots. There's lots. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, when the Lonely Island guys like mm-hmm. came out and when they, I'm trying to think what the difference was because they had been, they would have re- released some shorts right before their album came out. Yeah. And I remember the, when the production value really did get stepped up. Um, and I think I read an article with them at the time and they were talking about like, oh yeah, we can, we're now at the point where we can buy songs from right. like actual writers and producers. Exactly. And so why they buy wouldn't- tracks. Yeah, tracks, yeah. exactly. So it's like, why wouldn't we do that? Um, Have you heard the track to Captain Jack Sparrow? Yeah. Like that, like, <laughs> it's like so filthy. 
it's so good. Yeah. And it's, it's like, whoa, like I'm like feeling it to like the Lonely Island right now. Like <laughs> it's like that moment where you're like, who's doing this song? Like when, uh, the little Will Smith's daughter released, I went my hair back and forth. Yeah. I remember I was doing an internship and the woman who was like, um, overseeing my internship, her name was unique. And she, mm-hmm. and, and I was listening to that song and she was like, who sings this? And I was like, it's Willow Smith. It's Will Smith's like 13 year old daughter. And she goes, I was dancing to Willow Smith in the club. I was dancing to a 15 year old in the club. She was pissed. She was like, that's not acceptable. And I was like, it's not acceptable, but like it is what it is. Yeah. The fa- I mean, come on. That song was fire. And, oh, yeah. and a child sang it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things. It's like you could hear that song and genuinely be like, okay. And then you hear the words and it's like stupid fucking Lonely Island stuff. And you're like, wait, what? Because the song was killing it. Yeah. 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 I think they also were talking about how like they, then they could get guys like T-Pain to sing yeah, on their fucking tracks Rihanna's well. on two of their tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Rihanna. Like yeah. it's insane. That's a funny song too. Um, what's it? Uh, Shy Ronnie. Oh yeah. It's like oh, Andy Ronnie's Samberg great. is like super shy in the raps. And then Rihanna's like, can you fucking talk? Like we're holding <laughs> up a bank. She leaves. And then he's like, my name's Shy Ronnie. And he comes and brings us whole gig. Yeah. So funny. It's so good. I love it. I love yeah. it. And no, it's a, it's those guys. Uh, they were, I think they like truly leveled up the whole game at that point. And honestly, <clears throat> they like, really started killing it at a time when SNL really started killing it. Yeah. Like that was happening at the same time as like Tina Fey being on there doing Sarah Palin, mm-hmm. which yeah. like, I guess it's very prescient now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like every aspect of SNL was killing it at that time. Like, yeah. and I will remember yeah. that as being like, that was one of the years I was like really proud and excited about SNL. And I am again, actually, I think it's been really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, just watched the uh, Lin Manuel Miranda episode. Right? It's really good, you guys. Check it out if the you like Lin music. Lin Manuel Miranda <laughs> episode was really really funny. Yeah, yeah, they're fine. They're killing it, and they're also crushing the election stuff. Yeah, it's going yeah. well. I love when Kate McKinnon was playing Hillary Clinton. They were like, "What do you have to say to women who are still supporting Trump?" And she goes, "Babies, your brain broke." <laughs> <laughs> They were like, all right, uh, now we go to Hillary Clinton to sit and comment. And she's like crushing a bottle of champagne into the face. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Oh God, I hope so. I hope so. I'm yeah. just glad that they hit the point where they can, they finally figured out how to make fun of Trump, which is yeah. just put his tweets on the screen. Yeah, right. And just read them. Yeah. Because for a while, it just, just seemed- Just honestly report. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that's you what know I look that, at SNL for honest reporting. Exactly, exactly right. Um, well, you know that back in the day when like Seth Myers was writing those uh, Sarah Palin sketches for Tina Fey, very regularly, they would just be verbatim things that she said. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and she was just good at performing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. So uh, let's go back to soundtracks. Come on. <laughs> what are like some top soundtrack movies? Do you know what I listened to on the way here? The Bodyguard soundtrack. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, easily one of the biggest soundtracks of the 90s. Easily, maybe you in mean the, last the biggest. Yes. Yeah. Has to be. You got to get your life to that song emotionally, to that album. It's so good. 
And also like, I will always love you. Like literally it was, I was like, you're a joke when I went to myself when I was on the subway on the way here, because I will always love you was playing. And I was going through my phone, trying to find um, the song run to you by Whitney Houston. (laughs) And I was like, it got to the point where she was like about to sing the chorus and I was going to press play on run to you. And I was like, you're not going to end this song at this point. Have some respect. (laughs) (laughs) I literally told myself, have some respect. Listen Uh to Whitney do this. Like, (laughs) Have some respect. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> I prolonged the song I wanted to listen to because I like appreciate that song more than the fucking national anthem. Yeah. I mean, that's not a, really, but like kind of, <laughs> kind of, it's a better song. It is right? a better song. If you break it down. Yeah. <laughs> Francis got key and whoever wrote that song. Who cares? Not on the same level. <laughs> uh, also yeah, truly- that one. And also, can, do you know what other soundtrack is good? Speaking of nineties, mm-hmm. the clueless soundtrack. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what is on that? Oh my God. I'm going to be a supermodel. Yep. <laughs> um, and also, um, uh, where is the tenderness? <laughs> where is the tenderness? That's like the last song in the movie when she kisses her stepbrother. Ah, controversial. <laughs> um, also rolling with my homies. Yep. I mean, come on. What a classic. And that's actually a big part of all classics, I think, is like the music you identify with them. Like, what's the breakfast club without her? her yeah. Her, yeah. Her. 100%. That song. <laughs> <laughs> but like again and again and again, I'm like, I- I'm noticing that. Yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, I don't know for whatever reason, my like biggest maybe soundtrack movie ever is Can't Hardly Wait. For real. Uh, I think I know a good every movie too. And people don't soundtrack. get. People don't yeah. get. People don't get. I watched it not like super long ago mm-hmm. and don't know that it like don't really know that it holds, holds up. up that well, hard. it's like about <laughs> sex and teenagers. So it yeah. mathematically can't hold up because it's <laughs> right. like exists in the Fleeting. 90s, yeah. which you know is going to be sexist garbage. Yep. Like, oh man, I really want to fuck her. Like, <laughs> and like Jennifer Love Hewitt walks in and like the wind's blowing on her and like she's like this total object of sex. Yep. And it's like, this isn't fair to her. And then at the end, they're like, no, she has a personality. But it's like, but you already objectified her, dude. Like the whole time, like the movie's like treated her like an object. Don't you pretend to have a conscience <laughs> now? Yeah. Well, I should have been there. I think the yeah, only that, out, that would have been yeah, a good character. I should have been there. As we're doing the tracking shot, like behind her, as she enters the party, we see like you know six-year-old the- Matt Rogers. Excuse me, guys. <laughs> uh, is she empowered? <laughs> I don't know if she's empowered in this scene. <laughs> and all the guys in yeah. what was it? Uh, was it Love Burger? Was that the name of the band? Oh God. <laughs> yes. They're just Let's like, say yes. Yo, man, use the mic. Use the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, God. dude. Also, um, uh, not how to lose a guy in 10 days. Not that garbage. The other one with the long title. 10 things I hate hey, about you. you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? The other long title with a 10. <laughs> um, <laughs> that one had a good soundtrack, but that's also a movie that doesn't hold up, though. Oh, because so? the Shakespeare play that it's built on doesn't hold up. Mm. What Shakespeare play is that based on? Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. It does not hold up. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Take that, Shakespeare. It's very sexist. And like, <laughs> there's no tropes from it that they still use today. Besides yeah. like, I guess, like drag as a um, <laughs> disguise Cloaking tool. device. <laughs> yeah. Which they don't use unless you're like Medea. Yeah. <laughs> 
And she's checking all of America. Uh, did you see the trailer? Did you see the posters for the new? I've seen the posters movie? for it. It's for called it. Boo. Boo. That Medina movie is called Boo. <laughs> is it a Halloween no. movie? Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's a Hall- it's Medina's Halloween Boo. <laughs> I said to my friend the other day, I was like, you know what sucks? Everyone thinks RuPaul is the most famous drag queen in the world, most successful drag queen in the world. No, it's Medea. And that <laughs> is bad. Yeah. That's bad. That is bad. It's so bad. <clears throat> I just watched the other day. Uh, somebody's going to help to help me with the movie title. We need uh, more info thank, to uh, help. Uh, Tu Wong Fu. Tu Wong Fu. Thank you. Tu Wong Fu. I don't know if I can say that movie held, holds up. I don't Because it's the so. first time I saw it. It's John Leguizamo doing drag. Straight yeah. men shouldn't oh. be doing drag. No. I'm just going to come out and say that. But Wesley right Snipes look yeah. good. He can. <laughs> he can. <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> he was so good in that. He was. All right, I take it back. Straight <laughs> men, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Someone goes, yay. Can I tell you, that's actually a good moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can see. It's a cathartic moment for me <laughs> to have that. It was such By a- the way, happy National Coming Out Day, everyone. Yes. Yeah. We are recording this on It's happy very fitting National that I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, mm. that's, I hope we're all celebrating. We all have to come out about something at some point. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> he was like, okay, like as if it was a challenge. Yeah. Like saying, I'm making a general uh, In general, point. I was like, tonight yeah. I have to come out with He's something. He's like, all right, well, hold on. Let me think for five minutes about what I'll come out about. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, the other soundtrack I listened to a lot was the soundtrack from Batman and Robin. Ooh. Kiss from a Rose, right? No, that uh, was Batman no, Forever. But it had, it had a seal song on it featured prominently. Oh, my God. Um, I thought that was going to be more. Kiss from a Rose? Was it? No, that was Batman Forever. I'm almost positive. Yeah. But that did have a good Batman soundtrack. Robin had a weird thing where uh, the Smashing Pumpkins had two songs and oh they were bookends. Yeah, they I did. think the first one was called The End is the Beginning is the End. And then the last song on the album was called The Beginning is the End is the Beginning. Oh, <laughs> like just and another. so clever. Just another confusing thing about that movie. <laughs> like the nipples on their suits. Yeah. <laughs> They're tactical. Do you guys ever hear the story about filming that movie? Like um, Chris O'Donnell, I think, who played Robin, did like an interview after it. And he described like filming the scene um, where they're at like the gala and Mr. Freeze shows up and like makes everything ice and he freezes everybody and they have to go and thaw the whole thing. And apparently the director, Joel Shoemaker, or Schumacher, <laughs> was like... Um, He's like this very gay guy. Mm-hmm. And he was like, remember, you're in a cartoon. That was the only direction he gave the whole time. And if you watch it back, when people fall, you'll hear like the whoa, 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 whoa sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's brilliant. And also like they're at, the way they're acting is like, huh? It's like, it's like story parts. Yeah. But um, but basically, like it's like what? Oh, whoa. It's like as if there's gonna be a bubble above their heads with like wow, because I think they genuinely might have thought that. Right. The yeah. way he was directing them is like it's a comic book, and they're like, okay, I'll be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's so and funny. They were. Yeah. And you burn. <laughs> I think I remember like that age thinking that Forever and then Batman and Robin were like darker, only because. I think visually there was like literally darkness in a lot of them. Well, uh, 
not that, darker than anything else. Yes. Just like, I was like, this is what a superhero movie should be. Because right. we, had, at night. <laughs> we had so little to compare. What it would to. you have done if like you at the same age, like walked out of Batman and Robin and walked into like the dark Knight rises? Yeah. Like where every scene is someone's neck getting snapped. <laughs> <laughs> what an anxious watch that one was, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was tough, but I did like it. I didn't, I can't throw shade at dark Knight rises. It wasn't as good as dark Knight, I guess, but <laughs> Yeah. But like that's like what we're used to now in terms of superhero movies, and we used to like, whoa, 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 but whoa, whoa. E- <laughs> exactly. But even 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 the first Spider-Man movie, right? Yeah, I was fun. like, oh, this is way more what a superhero movie should be like. Yeah. It's not just a you know ridiculous, stupid cartoon, exactly uh, filmed with as sh- many shiny costumes as possible. Grounded yeah. performances, grounded performances. You know, I I genuinely thought at the time that Willem Dafoe should have been nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> First performance is the Green Goblin. Mm. I was really upset when the end of the year rolled around. And he wasn't on the short list. I was really hoping you're going to say Speed Two. <laughs> you know what? That's you. Anything <laughs> Willem Dafoe's ever done? No, he's great though. Um, but yeah, uh, Batman Returns, I think, is the one that most people would say is yeah. the darkest. Yeah, and probably the best because of that. Because Batman, I think, you want to be a little dark. Like I yeah. would prefer exactly kind of what Batman Returns was, which is like the cartoonish world, but like still that like kind of sort of violence in it. Like the kind of, it, Batman Returns is like scary. Like yeah. there's stakes yeah. in it. You know, like the, they really shed blood in it. Like it's it's weird. And the, and the origin stories of the villains are dark. Yeah. I mean, Batman like historically, you know, as a character is not, he's better being human. Like every time yeah. they try to make his story or the villains or anything like that, uh, more kind of, um, extra worldly or just incredible or funny. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work for Batman very well. Yeah, no, it does. He just has to be like a sad guy. Yeah. Unless it's, <laughs> an, an, unless it's like the animated cartoon. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Wait, so, uh, you, you're from long Island. Yes, sir. Amazing. <laughs> uh, where is this going? No, I'm just, just in a trying negative to get some and positive direction. Oh, no, no, so no. So you're from Long Island. Yes, I am. Guys, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> We're going to close out the night. What do you think of the iced teas? Oh, my God. The Long Island iced teas? Okay, I was like, I was really trying to genuinely think about like what our iced tea tastes like. Can I tell you something? I used to drink Long Island iced teas like when I first started drinking. And yeah. now, if I ever think about one, I get sick. Oh, yeah. They're horrible. They're horrible. And they're also like not a staple of Long Island. No. Like I remember I was out one time and like with my parents, I went to go visit them and I heard someone that was obviously a tourist behind me was like, well, I'm in Long Island, so I better have a Long Island iced tea to the waiter. And I was like, that's not a thing. (laughs) It's like, it couldn't be less. It's it's not like Georgia peaches. Yeah. They don't, yeah, they don't it's not grown on Long Island. Yeah, it's not like Florida mm. oranges. It's like, <laughs> no, there's the Long Island iced tea is not better than a regular iced tea. I was <laughs> out uh, in high school. I went to see Real Big Fish on Long Island. Yeah, you and did. Yeah, I did. Yep. What venue? Jones Beach? No, it was at a small, I can't remember exactly where it was, but Intimate. about like halfway down okay. the island. Mm. Uh, and the trumpet player, for one of the trumpet players from Real Big Fish, mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. his trumpet down, ran through the crowd to the bar, and ordered himself a Long Island iced tea. Mm. And high school me was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And then you have one and a half, and you're like, oh, now I know what it's like <laughs> to feel my lowest point. <laughs> yeah. Do you 
remember the Four Loco craze? Oh, yeah. yes. Did you guys drink Four Locos? Several. Several? Yeah. In my day. <laughs> no, mm. I actually never got to drink a Four Loco because they were already like banned. banned. Yeah. Time, which I know I can get them now, but at this point I'm like 26. I'm like, I don't need to drink a Four Loco. <laughs> it's like I'll have like a nice glass of wine like that, gentlemen. <laughs> I saw your glass of wine before and I was like, I should have gotten a glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, is that, I was going to, I was just, I was asking about okay, Long yeah. Island only because I was going to ask about your family. Uh, like, was your family into music? Is that something that was very yeah. supported? Yeah. And so basically, basically what I said before is so true, which is like my mom. For, okay, this is insane. And my boyfriend really won't let me get over this. My boyfriend's a musician <laughs> and his mother is a classical singer and he's got like a dense musical background and everything. I have never once seen the sound of music. Mm. Yeah, I know. It's so stupid. Oh my stupid. God. <laughs> <laughs> because... I'm getting applause from one guy. <laughs> I think it was the straight guy that I set free before. <laughs> it was. I think that's him. Um, but I, um, I like never saw Sound of Music because my mom was like a big Barbra Streisand fan and she always showed us Funny Girl. Like mm. I watched Funny Girl like dozens of times and I love it. And then like, so I got that from my mother and my, and also my mom liked Huey Lewis. Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> and would go see him in concert all the time. I think like really held him up in her mind as like a sexual object of desire. And it was like Huey Lewis. <laughs> um, and my dad was like a Buffett head. Like yeah. A Jimmy Buffett fucking die hard. Like see him in concert. A parrot head. Yeah. Yes. A parrot head. Absolutely. <laughs> I should qualify it better. He was a parrot head big time. And I grew up with that greatest hits album songs, you know, by heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, that's like a, part of me now. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And then I think my first album that I listened to, which set off my very first like diva worship obsession was, it was uh, uh, Mariah Carey's music box. Oh, okay. And that had hero on it and daydream on it. And this was like really good. And this is like still when Mariah was in her like mm-hmm. very like uh balladeer, like Chanteuse days before she started to mix it up with like the like kind of R&B more upbeat stuff and had like rap features on her tracks which was also cool in the beginning yeah um <laughs> in the beginning, in the beginning. <laughs> um but I loved Mariah oh my god I just literally so <laughs> which is a sign that like Matt. which is like the lord above punishing <laughs> me for like Mariah Carey this much because she's literally the worst person um <laughs> But yeah, I loved her. And that was like kind of what my musical thing was as yeah. a kid. Like I just got obsessed with Mariah Carey and Celine Dion and like was that kid. And it was still like um, like the mid to late 90s. So that music was still cool. Like oh, it was yeah, still at that sure. point when like My Heart Will Go On was on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now, you would never hear that song on the radio now. It would be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like imagine pop radio was like, okay, cool. That was... Uh, Viju trap with uh, <laughs> killing you with sex, and this <laughs> next one is Celine Dion. My heart no, will go on. on. Like no, no, only easy. Viju trap. Viju trap is the name I just made up. But the thing is, people have dumber names than <laughs> that's true. We will buy that domain for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that shit. I'm gonna yeah, love it. Ugh. Loved it. Oh, that I mean, that was. 
the best music at the time. Pop, oh, yeah. Pop-wise, you know, the divas. And then, like, the divas were all was about that. Was there a tour or... It was a divas live. Divas live. Ooh. This was, like, an yes. annual televised event, which That's I so recommend you guys whip out now. The very first mm. one has Mariah Carey, Shania Twain, girl. Um, Aretha Franklin, Gloria Stefan, and... Uh, ooh, this is bad that I don't remember one more and um, <laughs> oh god I don't remember there was five of them Celine Dion I said that right mm-hmm. okay well someone else Celine Dion twice yeah <laughs> Celine Dion twice it might as well have been but anyway it was like all of them and I it was like a night honoring Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. and um, Aretha Franklin famously will not perform in venues that have air conditioning and it was like the middle of summer and she was like, no, I don't care what anyone says. We turn the air conditioning off. And it was like all of like Hollywood's biggest stars like gathered for this first <laughs> time. And they're all, and you can see it on the on the YouTube now. Like they're all like fanning themselves with their programs because Aretha shut it down. She was like, I don't, care if ever, I don't care if Sarah Jessica Parker is uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be no air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, she gets what she wants. She gets what she wants when you're the queen of soul. It's true. I'm mad at myself for not knowing all five. Aretha Franklin, Shania Twain, Mariah Carey, Gloria Estefan, Celine Dion. Yeah, it's yeah. five. Oh, you nailed it. And also, um, <laughs> oh my God, the woman that Beautiful is about. The musical Beautiful. Carol, Carol, King, Carol King was like the esteemed guest. Ah, Yeah. I love it. Duh, Carol King. I should know that. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known that. Um, you ever listened to the Waitress soundtrack? Yep. Well, I oh. saw it on Saturday. You did? It's amazing. Yeah, it's so good. What a beautiful music. Yeah. Sarah Bareilles. You know, I saw her in concert one time. She was opening for Maroon 5. <laughs> and I was there to see them. <laughs> and I remember my... <laughs> friend that I went, my friend that I went with was like, I can't believe you have to sit through this Sarah Bareilles garbage. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then years later, I'm like, all about Sarah Bareilles. She's so good. And holy shit, Maroon 5 sucks. Yeah. They're the it's worst. It's a really great show, though. Like, because she's on the stage the entire time. I Yeah. So it's I so cool. It's like, I'm, I'm very down for it. There's the song at the end called She Used to Be Mine, which like kills me. It's so good. <laughs> and you should catch um, Jesse Mueller, who's in the show. She performed it on the Tony Awards, and it was wonderful. It was like musical theater acting at its finest. It was just amazing. Yeah, You could really go down a, a real rabbit hole if that's one of your interests, is just going around great Tony Awards performances. <laughs> a couple I recommend are that one, Bernadette Peters doing Gypsy, doing Rose's Turn in Gypsy. It's the best. Um and also, this isn't the Tony Awards, but it's the Kennedy Center Honors Barbara Cook, who's like a legendary Broadway singer. They had Sutton Foster Girl. They had uh, Patti LuPone. They had Kelly O'Hara. All of them. Just killing Everyone's it. like, what? <laughs> but for the two of you out there that know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And for anyone listening, if you love your Broadway girls, <laughs> that's where you're going to find them. Audra McDonald too. Mm. Best. The one last thing I want to add about Waitress, because the last time we talked about musicals, I made fun of their merch stands. Mm -hmm. Waitress (gasps) was selling pie in jars. They were. Wow. For, it was 10 bucks. That's great. You got one? That's great. No, they didn't. didn't Well, actually, you know, I have no good reason for not getting pie. How big was it though? Because 10 bucks is kind of a lot. It was like, 
Okay, that's not worth 10 bucks. Good call. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. The merch in those places are insane. I remember I went to go see, I saw Hamilton. And I went Woo. to go see, oh man, who has actually seen it? Have you guys seen it? You've seen it? Whoa, 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 whoa. Is it good? Oh, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> is this the second time someone's broke the news on the show that yeah. Hamilton's yes. good? It really is, baby. Um, it's so good. But like I drank a Bud Light that was like $13. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. No. The advice is see Hamilton, stay away from the Bud Light. Stay away from the, the Bud Light. What I do for my Hamilton pregames <laughs> is I just get fucked up beforehand. No, like see it's over. <laughs> uh, and on that advice, I think we'll wrap up the interview. Matt, oh, thanks man. so much. This is so fun. Oh, now we get to hear it. Okay. If you want to listen to Katie's cover of Let My Love Open the Door, you can pause this episode and head to repeater.show where it's available to stream. And you just did that. Great job. Really seamless. Let's get you back to Katie Buchanan for an original song. Katie Buchanan, one more time. Safer here alone, I know. So I'm out to make this house a home. Room to room, floor to floor. My heart's a fickle little door. And I'm even breathing slow. Grasping hands and clothes. Cause no one lasts forever in the glow So honey, don't let go Don't let go It's safer tapping everybody out Making goodbye, running down the count Open when the darkness falls I am steady and I'm tall Oh, my heart's a fickle little wall And I'm even breathing slow Grasping hands and clothes Cause no one lies forever in the glow Forever's on our minds. Let's not make any promises tonight. And even if we're only killing time, let's stay inside the moment till it dies. Let's not pretend forever's on our minds. Let's not make any promises
If you loved listening to Matt yell, give me more, por favor, and then head over to mattrogerscomedy.com for appearances, videos, songs, and some very handsome headshots. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Rogers, though. That's T-H-O, like though, when you're texting. You'll laugh. Katie Buchanan's music is available on digital music platforms like iTunes, Bandcamp, Spotify, and for sale on her website, katiebuchanan.com, where you can also find out where and when she's playing. Damn, dude, that was a fun one. Thanks to Matt Rogers for bringing himself and this song to the show. I love that he chose the song before he even was like, sure, why? And I've gone back and watched that scene from Dan in Real Life a few times now, and every single time it puts me on the verge of tears. It is a great moment in that movie. Yeah, Steve Carell, man, he nails it. As did Katie Buchanan. Big thanks to her for coming out and playing a couple of beautiful tunes. She was fantastic. Remember to subscribe and review, friends. Until next time, hit repeat. Evan, put your shirt on. Repeater is hosted by Evan Forbarden and Patrick Cartelli at QED in Astoria, Queens, a place to show and tell. Find out more at QEDAstoria.com. Our show is supported in part by Hi-Fi Records and Cafe in Astoria. Visit them from wherever you are at HiFi-Records.com. Editing by Stephen Garvey. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. Repeater.